Welcome to the Educational Leadership Series, Lead Change in Education, where your co-hosts, Adam Drummond and Mark McAmoyle, talk with educational leaders across the country in ways that they're boosting student academic achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Each episode is especially designed to examine the ways that you can be instructional change agents in your schools as you work to reform culture, instructional planning, learner engagement, and community advocacy in your schools or in your districts. Take the ideas from our guests and work to apply them in your schools so that you can be instructional change agents too. Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of our podcast where we talk about educators who are making changes in the work that they do every day. Today we're joined with former Besser Elementary Principal and 2018-19 National Association of Elementary School Principals President Eric Cardwell. Hi Eric, so glad to have you here today. Greetings Adam, it's great to join you and Mark this evening. Thank you. We are thrilled to talk with you and and to share about your learning and the work that you're doing, um, not only in your role as a a previous president of NAESP, um, but also all the great things that you did when you were a principal at Bessner Elementary. Oh, I'm excited to join in the conversation. Eric, um, I've had a chance to visit with you. It's been great to to meet you. But for our listeners, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your school and the setting and, and really what your passion is? Sure. I uh, am located in Alpena, Michigan, which on the map is in northeastern Michigan. Uh, It's a rural countywide school. Uh, Countywide, we have approximately 4,000 students. And in my building, we're a pre-K-5 building with approximately uh, 500 uh, students. Great. Thank you. So, Eric, you know, you spent a lot of time visiting schools across the country, um, and I know specifically in your role as NAESP president, you had the opportunity to visit literally thousands of students, hundreds of teachers, dozens of administrators. And as you visited each school, what what did you find to be the, the component or the part that really resonated with you as you visited each of these schools? Well, Adam, that's a that's a great question. So I started off my presidency uh, with a 5,000 mile road tour, uh, visiting 28 schools over two weeks uh, with a blog in place. And um, that really kicked things off, obviously, after that, I visited many schools. Uh, but the one thing and I remember this because I was actually in Wisconsin, I had already performed like four uh, four or five school visits at that time. And I was on the expressway and I was driving and just reflecting on what I had seen and literally tears welled up in, in my eyes, which probably isn't the best thing to do when you're driving 70, 75 miles an hour <laughs> down the expressway. Not. <laughs> but, the, but the reason why that occurred in what, what I've seen since then is just the uh, tremendous dedication of uh teachers and administrators and support staff in working in working with children um it 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 is uh i've always been a proponent of education but i tell you what uh after seeing what i've seen over the last 12 months it's just reaffirmed and strengthened that belief that we have some fantastic uh, people working with our youth because ultimately they are the they are it's a, sounds a little bit cliched but they are our future and we want to give them every opportunity to learn and and thrive in uh, the world that they'll take over someday 
Yeah, I so appreciate you giving that perspective and sharing that because I think too often we as educators can get caught up in the policy that's happening, whether it's at the local, state, or national level, worried about the the fiscal responsibilities, the assessments, the testing, you know, ESSA right now, who knows what it'll be in the future. Um, but we, we really need to do a, a better job of recognizing and celebrating the work that's happening every day for the future of our students. And so uh, it's just so great to see you out there doing that. Well, and I, and I agree wholeheartedly with what you just said. The, um, there was a school in New York City that I had an opportunity to visit and um, uh, almost 100% of their kids are new to uh, the United States. And you have some kids, a lot of the children that are um, English learners. And uh, yet they had, the day I visited, they had them on violins and they were uh, uh, becoming acclimated to their new country, but also excelling in the universal language of, of music. So hmm. you see those type of, uh, those type of pieces uh, that are going on in uh, schools across the United States. And it just, uh, it makes you so proud to be part of, uh, uh the educational excellence, uh, that is occurring. So I, I'm curious, Eric, when you're traveling the country and you're getting a chance to go on this road tour in the blog. And it sounds like you're, you reflect a lot. Um, what kind of trends did you see in terms of culture uh, in buildings across the country, just thriving cultures within buildings that um, you could maybe tie together for our listeners, a, a common thread? Well, you know, the, as far as culture, I mean, there's just uh, the common thread would be the positivity that was occurring within the buildings. But what was interesting was that each, each school uh, had its own unique flair. For example, there was uh, uh, Wisconsin. Um, uh, and the school was located, uh, uh, it was actually an island in the middle of the Mississippi uh, River. And so their culture uh, was so positive, but also focused on um, the outdoor sciences. They did water testing. They mm -hmm. they had a frog pond. They did migratory hmm. bird counts. They raised <laughs> their own food. Everything wow. was tailored around uh, the outdoor sciences. So you see those type of, those type of occurrences. Uh, there was another school in the New York City area that was uh, art based focused, where the kids uh, were. Uh, uh, had uh, the school had obtained grants the the students were engaged with uh, a full-time art teacher that uh brought different uh aspects of art and the, the the student's art was actually uh on display uh at a museum in new york city so you know when you travel around uh, the united states you just the com the common thread of the culture is that you have these these teachers that are uh, and uh, administrators and everybody pulling pulling together hmm. um but but each with their unique flavor that provides a, a a source of pride for their not only their students but their communities mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's that's interesting that you share about culture and that opportunity where pride and ownership can build out because i think so often we we feel like we have to manufacture this culture that um we need what we think we need for our kids and the reality is we need to build that culture based on experiences and based on what we're passionate about 
And so when we when we think about what is it that's our passion as a community of learners, and then how do we play to that passion where we can build those relevant opportunities? And so, you know, that example with the, the kids focused on the sciences, you know, that is real life relevance, right? It's right in their backyard. Same with the New York City School, that they're able to take advantage mm-hmm. of the, the museums and the art and build out those pieces. And so I think as we look at culture, you know, how do we provide that relevancy for how do we make those connections with real real world life? Right. And I think that that goes back to having that discussion with uh, your immediate staff uh, and community members of uh, the availability of resources and what 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 do we excel in or what area are, you know, obviously our children interested in. But really to have a culture, you know, I think I think the guiding principle, this is based on 19 years of uh, being a principal, uh, but the guiding principle is just a. Um, when building culture is to reflect on at least as a building leader or even as as a teacher is how would you want your your child to be treated um in a school if you use that as a guiding principle um you know positive culture really is a foundational piece for the schools uh that everything else is built upon because you'll never reach maximum student engagement or uh, success in instruction to the peak level unless you have that uh, that foundational piece and that foundational piece isn't just with students you know it's also parents and and staff and uh uh in uh, in the broader context we think of the parents are obviously part of the community members but those people that are not parents are also uh, a part uh, a valuable part of building culture so it's really there's really four legs to it um, and a fifth leg if you want to tie in um, the role that social media can play as well eric I, i've had a chance to do research on you and you've been well liked in the places you've been um, that speaks to me that you've got great relationships with the stakeholders that you talked about um, what, what what kind of intentional things do you do uh, to bring that positivity to the buildings that you've been a part of. And um, can you reflect on that a little bit? Um, you know, with that much experience, you probably have figured out a recipe of, for success in building positive relationships. <laughs> well, you, you know, Mark, it's, 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 it's high energy. I mean, you got to be excited mm. every day that you go into work. You are the, the kids cheerleader. You're the parents cheerleader. You're, you are uh, the staff's cheerleader, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's about, it's about really being real, um, you know, with, with kids and, and, and with parents. Um, you know, I had uh, one of the items that we would do at Besser um, and actually all the schools I've been at is a point of pride, which is uh I guess you could call it like a good news call of the day is something uh, uh, similar to that. But I, I would have uh, s- staff members um, just fill out a, a uh, half sheet of paper identifying what um, uh, a student had done. And it, doesn't ha- it didn't have to be necessarily big because sometimes the big things are the small things. Anyway, <laughs> th- this, was, this, was a, this was a moment for me. Um, and I brought this on the road. Uh, I had a teacher fill out one of these, and I always finish my Fridays making these phone calls. And it was my first year at Besser, and um, it was in September, so I didn't know uh, many of the families. Uh, but I called the father, uh, and what had happened, a student had dropped their books, and his son 
had been over, picked it up. Small thing, right? I I get a uh, get a hold of the dad. The dad answers the phone, and I just told him what had happened, and I said thank you for um, instilling uh, compassion on, on on your son because it showed today. And I know that sometimes we don't always reach out and tell you when good things are happening, but here's, here's something that, that, that happened. And the father thanked me and we were on the phone for about five minutes and then, uh, and then got off. It was about a week and a half later. And I had a note um, that was sent in by the mom and the mom had said in the note that um, the father had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And I didn't know that. Um, and he had died about a week and a half after I had that conversation with him, but his, in the note, she said, his biggest fear was, did I do enough to instill, um, to instill everything that his boys needed in moving forward. And you want to talk about divine intervention. Mm-hmm. The teacher wrote the note. I would made the phone call, <laughs> not knowing any of the background. And the father got that comfort. So, you know, when you talk about building culture, it's about, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be always about the big things. It can be the small things that turn into the big things. So, um, yeah, wow. It's a really powerful story um, on so many levels, right? You know, it's, I, I, I love what you just said about it's a lot of small things that can make a big impact in the culture. And I think, again, as leaders, we get so busy and so wrapped up in the day-to-days of the tasks that we need to do, the evaluations, the walkthroughs, the observations, um, meetings, IEP meetings, right? But taking five minutes and making a phone call every day, you know, what what does that impact have short-term and long-term? Um, and I think that's a huge well, takeaway for our listeners. Definitely for the parents, but also I think it's also important for uh, teachers and, and building leaders also to take that opportunity because it really, uh, sometimes you do get caught up with the paperwork aspect of the job, but um, it really roots you, okay, why are we here, you know, and, and, and have those celebrations about the uh, the impact that you are making on on uh, on kids, you know, and families, Um <laughs> you know, one of the one of the things that uh, uh, at my previous school, uh, um, we had a parent that uh, before school even started, um, it was mentioned that oh, this this one can be a little bit tricky. <laughs> well, sure enough, the first uh, the first week of school, the parent, uh, the child, uh, she had a fifth grader, and the child got in trouble. I had to send, unfortunately, send the child home. The mom showed up. And she was a little bit gruff and she just said, well, now, you know, I, I'm in a high poverty area. And she said, well, I, 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 I am happy to come and get them, but I was supposed to have a doctor's appointment. Now I don't have enough money uh, for gas. And, you know, you have that moment where you go, okay, I can solve this problem. And so I pulled the $10 bill out of my wallet and I hand, and I said, thank you for coming and getting your son. I want, you to have this uh so you can get you to your doctor's appointment and i I never expected to see the ten dollars back and that was okay because she was doing the right thing and i get that a lot of our families struggle the next week she came back she paid the ten dollars which i didn't expect and from that point forward she was one of our uh 
she began attending PTAs, our PTA meeting, and she took over a major uh, spring celebration as part of uh, her role in that pack. So, you know, it's really taking a look at uh, uh, engaging all parents. It was the best $10 I've ever spent. Hmm. And, and that relationship, we're still friends on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> they moved away a long time ago. But that's how, that's how you know, just just going that extra mile and, and uh, the things that we can do as principals and, and, and teachers can make such a profound impact and the ripple effect that it can have and flipped her, flipped her from being maybe a, a confrontational person to somebody that was now a partner in their child's education. Eric, Eric, you've highlighted two really powerful stories here. Um, I was just thinking about a, a conversation I had with a colleague the other day saying, you know, as you think about where you're at in your career, your ability to what I call call an audible at the line, because uh, you know, when you first get in, get in as quarterback, uh, things are coming at you so quickly, you, you know, you, you're just managing, managing, managing. But when you, you get a little bit of experience, uh, you can kind of see everything develop and it's coming at you a little more slowly and you can take those pauses that you need to, to make decisions like that. Um, I think that's an important part of it is just slowing down in our fast paced environment to, to make a difference. Um, and those two stories show that. Uh, it can be it, it can be really powerful. I mean, it's just it's just taking time, and it goes back to all the paperwork. The paperwork. What do I? <laughs> I always do my uh, teacher evaluations on Sundays. Uh, that's when I do the write ups, and I try to try to uh, when I'm in the building that it's it's game on. I'm there for the kids and not mm-hmm. for the paperwork, and I can do that on a, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, the most important people are the that school community, and, and I think we did a pretty good job at it. So, Eric, as as we kind of wrap up our time here this evening together, you know, we've spent a lot of time really focusing in on this idea of culture and and the the little things that you can do to make a big difference. And if you could just pick, what is the one thing that you would want school leaders to know about transforming culture in their schools? What would it be? It's probably the one word that I used when I left my building to go on my leave of absence because I tried to boil it all down to one one word. And uh, it's love, pure and simple. Um, loving loving the, the, your school community, loving what you do, supporting your teachers, because teaching is not always an easy job. Um, um, and, and, and loving the, the, the parents and, and the community members um, because they, they want to support you. But some, some of them truly um, maybe had an adverse relationship uh, when they were students. It's really breaking, through, breaking down those walls and, uh, uh, and talking to them you know, as a parent. So in one word, love. Awesome. I love it. Thanks for sharing that with us. And thanks for being here. You know, it's, uh, it's always fun to have a, an opportunity to reconnect with old friends. And um, this has been no exception. So we thank you for being on tonight. And for our listeners, if you want to know more about Eric's journey as an elementary principal 
and as his experience at the NAESP as the national um, president in 2018-19, you can reach out to Eric and follow Eric on Twitter at Cardwell16, and we'll have that information posted along with um, his bio there for you to continue to do that follow-up. So Eric, thank you again for being here this evening, and thank you for all you do for students and school leaders across the country. Well, I really appreciate, Adam, your your time and Mark's time this evening. And let me share a little bit about uh, what I think works in schools. Eric, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining another exciting episode of Lead Change in Education, where we talk with educational leaders just like you and how they're boosting student achievement and building collective teacher efficacy. Tune in to our weekly podcast by joining and subscribing to the podcast platform that works best for you. You can also follow Adam at Adam D. Drummond or Mark at MWHS Principal on Twitter. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can use the hashtag LeadChangeEd to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that are happening in education related to our podcast as well as the work that we do each and every day. Until next time, be the change you wish to lead in your schools.